This week, we're making green great again with Luke Gilbertson. Brought to you by NineWorks.co.uk, the fastest growing online Porsche community, supported by the NineWorks Marketplace. NineWorks Radio is your dedicated Porsche and car podcast, hosted by Lee Sibley, Andy Brooks and Max Newman. NineWorks Radio is carefully produced with special input from experts around the industry and powered by our valued members of the NineWorks Driven Not Hidden Collective. Ready, ready, ready. We're rolling. Mr. Max Newman, how are you? Yeah, pretty good. How are you? Yeah, very well. Just the and me this week. Just me the is and me. Doing other stuff. Good to see you. Yeah, good to see you. Good to see you. I'm looking forward to this week, actually. Shame shame that it uh, that Lee isn't here, but we've got a cracking guest. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Do you want to give us a little bit of a rundown? I know some of the stuff that you did, but I didn't know it was all interconnected. So Yeah, yeah. yeah. We're, we're joined this week by a friend of mine who I've been trying to, or thinking about getting on for ages called Luke Gilbertson. Uh, so that name will mean something to some people and nothing to others. To others but, yeah. um, but other things that Luke is involved with that may mean something to people, particularly is Make Green Great Again. Awesome. So the sensational, nearly 100,000 follower Instagram page. Um, Luke is the face behind that. He is. Uh, so. He's the reason that we've got so many bloody green new cars. He is. he is. He is. <laughs> he's, he's a genuine influencer and Instagram sensation. Yeah. So, um, so there's that. I actually got to know Luke through car photography when I was trying okay. to uh, upskill. Well, not when I was trying to upskill because I still haven't got any skills. When I was oh, being inspired. Oh, you are way too, what's the word? Self-deprecating there, Well, Max, not Max. technical skills. I still don't have okay. any technical skills. You're just lucky, being, are you? I was being inspired by <laughs> work that people were putting up, people like Nat Twist, but yeah. also Luke. And I, I sort of struck up a dialogue and a friendship with Luke when he was giving me some, some pointers. So he, he has a sort of, I am Luke Gilbertson uh, page as well, which has some great car photography. So he does that. Um, and then his day job is working at the amazing DK Engineering. Yeah. Um, where he does all of the research, uh, the background provenance um, research for job. all of their for all of their sales cars. And as people will know, DK sell and restore probably some of the best cars in the world, period. Full stop. Yeah, yeah. Was he the guy that was on that video for the... Was it a 75 RSR? Was that Luke? Um, I remember they did that. He, he was involved in the, in the, in the research of that car and the, oh, and, and the making of the video. I can't remember whether, whether he was he actually in it. it, in it or not, but, um, but yeah, yeah, that's, you know, that sort of output, um, you know, yeah. there is, there's some credit to Luke there for the, you know, the Ooh. information which comes, you know, in the way that DK are able to present their cars. It was quite so, interesting watching that video because, um, is it Nick, what's his name? Nick Four? Is that Four. how you pronounce it? Yeah, Four. I was going to be French and go, Four. <laughs> um, he, he was the guy that sold my car to the previous owner, the 993. Oh, really? So, what? Well, yeah, way back, well, well over 20 years, probably 23 years ago, uh, Nick was buying and selling cars at that time. I don't know if he still is or how long that was, um, you know, that went on for, but yeah, he was the, the, the dealer that sold 
uh, right. Colin Quarrington, the car. Well, I know all that, that time ago. And I, I didn't. It was wasn't until I was watching that video. I was like, I know that name, and looked through the receipts, and it's like bloody hell, yeah. what a small little world it is. But, yeah, really go. interesting. There we go. That's a good so, video to look out. Actually, it is whether yeah. it is uh, Luke presenting or not. Uh, so much good information, and it's a a real sort of cinematic. Uh, watch as well yeah yeah then that's good as well and that's indicative of the fact that you know i think of dk engineering still as a ferrari specialist but um you know they do they do all sorts of things now they do a lot of really high-end porsche in fact i think they've got haven't they got a c16 right-hand drive 993 gt2 i think on their books i think so for for a lot of people especially in this country that's got to be the ultimate car. So, you know, that's, you know, they're, if people don't know about DK, I can't believe there are many that don't. They should get online and have a look. Absolutely. Yeah. So, but yeah, so really excited to get Luke on. Yeah. Um, be interesting to see, uh, yeah, all of, about make green, make green ga- great again, how that yeah. came about and exactly yeah, where it's going. <laughs> exactly. Cool. Excellent. Well, let's, um, let, let's bring him in, shall we? Welcome to Nine Works Radio, Luke Gilbertson. Hello. 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 <laughs> Hello, Luke. Hi. Good to meet you. This is a Nine Works Radio exclusive first podcast appearance for Luke Gilberson, which is very exciting. We're privileged, Luke. Thank you for agreeing to come on. You'll probably have to excuse me over speaking on other people whilst I get used to hey, how Zoom works. Uh, as well. Don't but, worry. Uh, don't worry. To be here. Hopefully, I'll be interesting ish. I, I don't doubt that you will. I don't doubt that you will. As a genuine Instagram sensation, I think. And we'll come on to it in detail. I think people would probably know you best for being the face behind Make Green Great Again. Um, yes, although to date, I've not done a great deal of showing my face. I did a little bit after the concourse last year. Um, and it does certainly people recognize me from that a little bit. And I'm none the wiser as to who anyone is. But um, <laughs> yes, it's a wonderful thing. And it's a, it's, I'm sure we'll come on to it, but it's a, I love that it brings so many people together. So, um, yeah, yeah. So we'll definitely, we'll definitely come on to that. What I thought we'd do, which we do uh, often just to sort of set the scene and get people warmed up and to delve a little bit uh, into people's background is we do this thing called first, worst, best, and next. So I normally get that wrong. Have I got that right, Andy? No, it sounds all good to me. Okay. So that is looking into your car history. So your first car, then your worst car, which can't be the same one. And then your best car and your next car. So I know a little bit about your recent car history, but I think there's probably more to to learn. So tell us, tell us first about your first car, Luke. God, this is tricky. Okay. Uh I learned to drive in a 1994 Fiesta 1.1 classic, uh P655 GKO, um, right. which was not my car. But that was my aunt's car. It was lovely. It was like 27,000 miles manual, four-speed, no rev counter, cloth seats, little blue sticker pinstripe. Um, lovely. So I, I, that sort of probably counts as my first car. Um, well, it wasn't mine. The first car in my name was a Mercedes 300 SEL 3.5. Uh, stacked headlight um, saloon. You're Silver. kidding me. No, that's which pretty amazing first car that is. Times, but it was. Um, How on earth, earth did that come about, Luke? How on earth did that come about as a first car? It sort of. It was sort of like 
are, I'm really tall and I don't fit in anything normal, so I should buy a 70s V8 saloon car kind of thing. <laughs> it was it was not great on fuel. It was a sort of six to eight MPG sort of a job. Okay. Um, I didn't use it that much, and you are basically the coolest person in the world if you're in a uni town and you're 19 and have a, three, a 300SL. So you were at university when you were doing this? Uh, I was. I didn't go to university, but I lived oh, okay. in a house with some people who it's in um, in Leeds, and it's outside the house in Leeds. So, wow. yeah, I think that'd be my first car. I guess I think that's really pretty impressive. Talking, uh, I, th- I think that's probably the best first car we've had in this. Yeah, in this segment, isn't it? I think absolutely, and I think it's one that you definitely can't call your worst. You don't even. You don't. You don't even need the rule there because there must be something <laughs> much worse than that. Uh, it's okay. So this, I'm going to have to like my, my car history is quite short. And when you start there, I might as well just run you through it. And I guess the car I moved on to would probably end up being the worst car because it wasn't as good as car or the car that came after it. So okay. in the hunt for efficiency and sort of to try and to, to double the MPG to like 14 to 16, I moved into a, 2002 Audi S8, so a facelift <laughs> E2 uh, V8 S8, um, <laughs> which was silver over extended leather and Alcantara. Also, when the S8 came to the UK, um, it was also they were predominantly owned by dealers because Audi were going to cut off their supply of A3s and A4s. So they all the dealers piled loads of spec onto these cars and then <laughs> sat on dealer forecourts. So in 2002, it was like. Ninety-five thousand pounds, and I paid grand for it. How much? And it was five. I paid five thousand. Five grand. Yeah. Wow. BLO two LKJ. I think it's still floating around somewhere. So, um, what was the motor in an S eight? Was that like a sort of RS six kind of motor? Four point two V eight. Four point two V eight. Okay. Yeah. Wow. And they were sort of really quite similar to just the. A8 Quattros, but they had an S badge. So it got sort of silvery wing mirror caps, some wheels, and it was a little bit lower. But I think 0 to 60 and everything else was basically the same. Had a little flip down screen in the rear with it connected to a PS1 that was in the boot. <laughs> uh, but it uh. was it was super cool and it was great. It did 14 MPG and it had sort of no real merits other than that. Because if you tried to drive really fast, you were driving a sort of 35. It was it was that Audi move into aluminium architecture. So the A2 had that aluminium chassis yeah. and so did the A8, but it was just like two tons of aluminium. So it's sort of still really, you know, really heavy. Yeah. Uh, and I think most of the block was over the front front axle. So it sort of drove as you'd expect. Um, yeah, yeah. Wow. So well, I'm going to say that's my worst car. <laughs> okay. I see uh, where you're coming from. That's not, that. that's not a bad worst car either. You know, Jesus Christ. Uh, you're yeah. on shaky ground, but it's all relative, isn't it? It's all relative. What can you do? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, what's the next one? Oh, my best car. Okay. Yeah, best car. Uh, God. Okay. I'm, I've only had four cars in between. So um, I sold the S8 and bought a Mark V GTI, which was excellent. Brilliant. Um, Very good and cars. I, did, you know, I bought the cheapest one I could find when they fell the first time. So I paid six grand for one. Um, and then did 50,000 miles. It was wonderful. And I sold that for literally no money to buy my 1M, which I've had for nine years. Fantastic. Um, 
Very cool. I've had a selection of chaotic hot hatches in between as daily drivers. Um, so you had some minis. recently bought. I had a mini GP2, and now I've got a Golf R, which I still have, and is great and does all the things in a kind of very German way that's sort of fun enough. So yeah. that's a Mark 7, um, isn't it? It's a 7. It's a manual R, which people ask me if it's rare, and I don't really know, and I just don't really like DSG. So uh-huh. um, uh, it, it works for me, although it's on its third clutch. So, you know, I guess it third works clutch. in some respects. And how many miles? <laughs> What's the mileage? Uh, the standard clutch went at 12,000 miles. Oh, I just done, Yeah, so it's a GTI clutch, and I think it's sort of at its upper limit anyway. Yeah. Um, I've just done 75,000 miles on a an upgraded clutch, and mm-hmm. I've just replaced the upgraded clutch to another one, which I should know what it was, but I just know that it was expensive. Um, <laughs> so I like driving to work in a golf car and in B roads and all weather and occasional trips to the North coast 500. It's, it's a fine car. Probably the most capable thing you can find. Yeah. Um, I think my favorite or my best car will probably be the one M because I've had it for nearly nine years and I've done a lot with it. Um, Hello? and it's orange. It's just, it's bright orange. Perfect. Um, and I love it. And every time I drive it, you know, I, I bought it at sort of 15,000 miles. I sort of said I'd sell it at 20,000 miles and then 30 and now it's at 60. So it's not going anywhere, yeah. um, which is fabulous. Uh, it does all of my sort of winter blatting around road trips with friends, has a boot, has a passenger seat, is is fabulous. Um it's still a little bit wild when you want it to be, um, yeah. which is, I think, what you like in a car. Um, but um, it's, you know, it, it, it's one of those cars which divides the internet as the best BMW in recent years and also not an M car and <laughs> yeah. not a real thing. Yeah. And I know, for me, 340 brake and 370 pound-feet of torque is what I need to use because I'm not the world's best driver on any of the roads that are near me, uh, without dying every day, I go out in it basically. So yeah, nearly die yeah. sometimes, but, uh, it's, it's, it's me. Um, no, it's, good, it's a fabulous it's good choice. That's a good, great car. Uh, I can't believe yeah. people are still saying it's not a proper M car. I thought they were over that now. Yeah. I'm, I don't want to bore everyone with engine codes and nonsense, but it's, 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 it's fun. And that's the main thing. And it, it works for me. So, yeah. um, oh, yeah, there's, there's the thing. What, is is the engine derived from a regular series production BMW yes, engine? Yes, it's why... a Z4 engine. Yeah, okay. Yeah, it's yeah. a Z4 engine, yeah. Um, Let's forgive it that. I recently bought a Porsche, and I've only had it for three months, so I think it's sort of hard, as it wasn't a replacement, to say that it's the best. Okay. Although I adore it. So give it a little bit, and it might take over. But yeah. they're, both, they're both so. So tell us um, about the Porsche, then, Porsche that you've bought. Uh, I have, uh, I bought a 61356B T5 uh, in fjord green, because oh, I like green thing. Wonderful. And it's basically, it's sort of blue in, if you look at it and think of the colour green, it still looks blue, but it is green yeah. on its colour coat. So I'm fine with that. Um, They're my favourite um, colours, the, the blue greens. I talk endlessly about it. 
Um, yeah, I just fabulous. love them. I think they're a fabulous colour. It's a, it sort of came together really quickly, actually, and slightly randomly. Um, we'll probably touch on sooner or later where I spend my day job. Um, and in that, I am fortunate to drive lots of things, new and old and everything in between. Um, and I sort of, I've been there for five or so years. I've driven a few 356s uh, and they are sort of baffling because on paper, every single thing about them is rubbish. Um, they're really slow. The gearbox is like a baseball bat in a barrel of basketballs. Absolutely no idea where anything is. Um, but every time you drive it, it's like the best feeling on earth and nothing else matters. Uh, and it's, the purity and it's the incredible sort of engineering mindset of, the, you know, the first cars that were built where you're like, you know, we've, we've just had a, a Gmund 356 at work and, you know, to build your dream car on, in an Austrian ski resort in 1949 um, would have been insane. But the principles are there. The engine's in the right place because there's no weight over the nose. So your car feels modern and looks modern in 1949. Um, it's all of the charming things. And every time I get in it and drive it, it's, phone in the glove box and it doesn't matter where I'm going and it doesn't matter what I'm doing and it doesn't matter if I ever get there. I mean, it's never, I've never had any issues, but it's just the, the absolute joy of driving. And that's, yeah. that's what I wanted with a car. So, um, well, it sounds, sounds like you could have a bit of a competition there for the best then coming up. Yes. I think so. Yeah. Um, it just, I saw a fuel green car. I didn't, I, I'd not seen one in the UK in field green before, but I'm sure there's loads. Um, and I, it was with um, Common Connection in oh, Essex. Yeah, yeah, uh, Richie. And they were, they were wonderful, um, the, the greatest human beings I could find, because I had a slightly peculiar brief in that they had it on their website. And I said to them, like, I'm, I'm basically really keen, but also I don't know if I fit in a 356. So can I come and just sit in all of your cars, please? And then maybe I'll also buy it. Um, <laughs> and they were like, well, we sent it back yesterday, but you're welcome to come and sit in stuff. So I sat in a in a B and a C um, and speeds to seats and everything else. Um, and then I went to the lovely former keeper house, which was fortunately very close by. And I think probably did that thing where you know absolutely nothing about cars. And I'm like looking underneath it, at things I don't even know, but I just try and look like I was doing something useful. Um, with the sort of mindset that I didn't think I'd fit in it at all. And I sort of got in it on a standard seat, but as Max will attest now, it's on untrimmed speedster seats. So uh, I went, for, I had, I had Carmen inspect it. And then I said, thanks to that bit of a weird one. You're going to have to put a speedster seat in it first before I can say yes to buying it. And obviously I'm happy to sort of cover your time. And obviously the former keepers just, you know, taking his seats out. <laughs> you know swapping yeah. around but obviously i whilst it's great and i love it i also can't buy a car i don't fit in so mm. i needed to to get through that yeah. um and they very very kindly sorted all of that out i went and did a test drive um i think it was a sort of overwhelming sense of relief and also this is really exciting because i actually fit in it um so absolutely great they did a bit of work to it it's probably going to go back to them to have a little bit more tinkered with although it's sort of lovely and very usable and um 
awesome. had a, an engine rebuild a couple of years ago and i'm just looking forward to driving it really um yeah 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 so isn't it isn't it curious how how in the search your search for a car that you fit in you ended up getting an older car not a newer car given how much yes. people talk about so, the fact that cars are getting bigger it's a it's a slightly strange one. So last June, we were, I was preparing to go away for a, a trip with work to to support a rally in the south of France, uh, and it was a really nice late evening. And I'd been in the office, and I I wanted to go home. And I wanted to go for a drive, and I'd sort of been thinking about like a GT3 or something with an RS badge or a 993 or something that's a bit newer and a bit like racier and super compromised and miserable but exciting because we all love cars. Um, and I sort of decided that that drive on that evening wasn't the 1M and it wasn't the Golf. And it actually wouldn't really have been an RS. It would have been either a convertible or an old thing. Um, and then I went old, really. And mm. I don't regret it. Um, I think it's a good it's, choice. It's the joy of it's, everything's just wonderful when you're in it. Even if it's raining and the, you know, the windscreen wipers don't actually touch the glass, they just sort of move around. Uh, <laughs> you've got no idea what's going on it's just sort of like yeah well we'll, we'll probably get there eventually um so wow oh that's no, brilliant. Brilliant. have you seen it max no no i haven't seen it in the flesh yet i've just seen okay. pictures of it yeah uh, it really great. looks cool it really does look cool i'm looking forward to seeing it yeah i look forward to yeah. seeing it as well i've sat in one three five six and um the guy that owned it said i'm not sure you really want to get in it because once you get in it you're you'll just fall in love with it and uh, I got in it and it was literally like, oh my God, I want one. And I just felt like a gentleman when I got in it. Does that make any yeah. sense? <laughs> but it was just it's, like, it's, it's charm to it. It's, it's just, a, yeah, it's a, it is a charm. It's a, it's yeah. a, it's a sort of distillation of joy for me. Um, it's a, it's a really wonderful thing. And because it's so small and because there's a lot of glass and because I sit literally on the floor, you know, it doesn't feel, you know, you sort of feel like a part of it, mm. which is, you know, obviously a good thing. But like, you know, my dad has half of it and he's driven it once, but he went up to it and, and sort of didn't realise it was left-hand drive. And was like, oh, that's well, great, handy. And then also drove it and was like, oh, I didn't even notice it was left-hand drive having yeah. never really driven one. Got a 2CV though, so it's not like he's sort of never driven an old car before. Yeah. Um, but it's just, you feel cocooned but you have the visibility and you have the you know you still you can keep up with traffic and you can enjoy it as a car so it's not a it's not a, a dawdler um, yeah and i think it's you know you can surprise a few people it's um but it's it's fabulous and i i adore it i have right. a my height and my build means that sort of 65 to sort of you know a 991 there's a slightly the gearbox is under my right knee and that's a bit of a sort of pain um so this is i've had it notched slightly in the 356 but it's and a slightly smaller steering wheel so i put a, a 66 nardi on it which i think looks really cool and saves me i think five millimeters on each side so nothing um <laughs> but it was a balance of looking good and also fitting a bit more in it. and now there's enough room for my leg between the gear stick and the and the steering wheel so <laughs> it's all about compromise right you don't want to go yeah, it is. It is all about yeah. compromising. And I'm nodding sagely and empathizing with you because I do remember when you and I were driving in my 997. Yes. Um, and uh, we were folded into it. And I thought, yeah, 997 is not the car for Luke, is it? <laughs> <laughs> um, as we were driving it, along. It's really sad because they make the, you know, I love a 997 and I've spent time in four litres and 
scared myself half to death in a GT2 RS and everything else, but I can't sort of comfortably fit in it. And if you can't comfortably fit in it to drive it, you're always going to be really scared when you're driving it quickly. So yeah. I was just like, just go slow and then drive it as and when you like to, as you know, however you'd like to do it. So yeah. um, I'm a little bit envious of people who fit in 997s because they are <laughs> so fabulous. But <laughs> there we go. Excellent. Are we going to call that your next car then, the 356? It is quite, quite recent. So Yeah, or, or have you got anything that you've okay. really lost after that you feel that sort of beats that at the moment? I feel, I mean, it's, I feel pretty sort of content with, as a three-car garage, a Golf R, a 1M, and a 356 is about as obscure as you can get, really. It ticks all the boxes for me. I'd change the Golf R, but I live my work next to a Volkswagen dealership, and they service the car, and unless I buy another Volkswagen, I can't. And whilst I would love one, the Golf has sort of become that thing that you sort of know the width of it to within a millimetre, and you don't mind driving down a back lane at other people and you know you know exactly how to put it on the road within you know everything else so it's sort of hot you know i'd love a panamera shifting brake but obviously i can't afford one and also it is still just me driving it and i'd also be terrified of driving it in the lanes and i'd just yeah. only ever spend time on the motorway and so on so it's sort of at the moment i, I can't see a replacement for it um it's hard to replace a golf, isn't it? They're so blooming good golfs, especially fast ones, that it is hard to replace. When I bought it, I was like, I'm going to drive it until it breaks and run it into the ground. And it's what I did with my Mark V, which, looking back in hindsight, probably could have just looked after it a bit better and it might not have died. But um, <laughs> I, still, I think when you buy a 90,000 mile car that's two years old and then do 50,000 miles in it, it's not like, you know, I think it's, it's it always had a hard life, but it was yeah, as well yeah. kept as, as well I could do. Yeah. Um, well, I didn't have the space to when I bought the one M. So, well, I think it's a good idea to run the golf into the ground, and there's plenty of time to move on to a McCann or a, an interesting KN. I yes. keep sending you ones in weird colours whenever I see them, <laughs> and maybe you can buy one of them. Yeah, yeah I will be that guy for sure. <laughs> uh, you know, for, yeah. for Cayenne in speed yellow, I'd be like, oh my god, perfect. <laughs> 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 Oh, so so we'll take the three five six because it's so fresh for you. We'll take that as your as your next car okay. for now, and and let's just ask you before we come on to make green again, make green great again. And you know, I am Luke Gilbertson as well, which I think is how I probably met you. I think through your photographer yeah. side of things. Yeah. I think that is how we met. But you sort of alluded a couple of times there to the day job. Um, so tell us a bit about that because you work somewhere really really cool. Um, I work for DK Engine who are uh, probably quite well known as Ferrari specialists, um, but we sort of do a little bit of everything, really. Um, lots of Porsches, lots of just generally quite high-end stuff, uh, race cars as well as road cars. Um, we restore, we service, we try and do everything, really. Um, we've got about 400 cars in storage um, in in Amersham, so and we're, we're, just, we're quite near Heathrow for, in terms of geography for everyone else to know where we are. Um, and I guess I used to live in London, but it prompted my move out of London because commuting is mental. Um, and my role at DK is sort of advertising and marketing. So, uh, and as well as sort of research for more or less everything that we advertise is going through the histories of the cars and making sure, trying to do a lot of writing to people and work out if they're still alive and 
going to see old people and having a great time talking to people. And uh, I'm, I'm really quite passionate about sharing the cars as much as possible. And it's, it's really tricky because a million people ask to come and have a look around and I would love to do it for everyone. Uh, but the chance, you know, it's in order to also do my job, it's sort of like I have to sit at my desk occasionally, but I try in the way that I write to share the bits of history, which I think other people would find interesting. Yeah. Um, I think that the joys of history are, uh, you know, you, you get the opportunity to talk about the things that maybe are just fascinating that you read. You know, I think when you we, you look at cars built in the 60s and the, the, the realm of handwritten letters uh, and the expectation that if you just wrote a letter, they'd write back in sort of three months time uh, <laughs> and the sort of vast delta of not much happening uh, and just, you know, letters, which is just like, did you get my last letter three weeks ago? <laughs> uh, and sort of nothing really happening, but it's, you know, it was a, it's a joyous time. And, and you know, uh, owning a Ferrari new in the, in the sixties or anything else was a, such a gigantic sense of occasion. You know, you would, you would write to your dealer or you'd write to sort of the importer Maranello concessionaires and then the, the, they would write to the factory and then the factory would write back to Maranello concessionaires and they'd write back to you. So if you asked for, special order color then it goes sort of chinese whispers to the factory and then they go do you mean this or something a bit like this and then they write back and then you have to you go through this sort of massive process and you get all these letters and you're like just yeah anything is sort of fine you know or just and it's it's a wonderful thing and you know certainly when you have cars that live with people for a long time in a way that we really don't you know, not many of us do now. I'm sure there are people out there and I wish I was more like it. You've got a car for sale at the moment. And every time the owner drove the car in 12 years, he wrote in the book and he wrote wow. a line in the book about what he did with the car. And it was, you know, it was going to shows. It was going for a drive. It was, man, this car really pulls in third. It was, oops, I got a speeding ticket today. <laughs> it really pulls, you know, it's all of those joys, which, if you could break down and distill all of your individual drives in whatever you drive, you'd be like, Oh God, I had like, that was a really good one. And you know, it's that sort of charm and it's sharing that kind of magic because it's when you buy a car, you, you obviously you want to know it's good, but you just want to know that someone else had a really cool time in it. Um, yeah. yeah. And it it adds so much, do. doesn't it? To the story of the car. It really <laughs> it's does. The joy. It's, it's the, it's the charm and it's the warmth and it's the, it's the custodianship that you're moving into. It's, you know, yeah. you're taking on its next chapter. I think, you know, it's the reason the BMW is my favorite is I've done so many road trips and met so many people through it and gone on adventures with people. And, you know, I think it's one of my favorite drives ever. Um, I followed tour auto with a friend um, in the BMW. Um, and it was a 20 minute section of road through the Ardèche chasing an Alpina 2800 CS on straight pipes right. and it was lovely and warm and we were behind the car and it was Toronto is this sort of mystical Mille Mille like sort of full race pace on the road kind of event but it's kind of okay um and we sat in silence for 20 minutes chasing this straight pipe Alpina through the Ardèche um and we didn't film it and we didn't talk about it and it is the best job I've ever had yeah. And we both share it, but absolutely nothing is there to say it ever happened. Um, and it's sort of, for the people who write that into a book and can sort of move that feeling of joy into the, into the future, 
that's what I like writing about. And that's what I like sharing with people about cars. Yeah. Um, so it's, everyone is someone, it, you know, you don't have to be famous to be interesting. Like it's anyone who's prepared to talk about why they did things or how they did things is, is the joy. So yeah, um, it's good. Yeah. Fun. It's quite slow when you're writing to people nowadays, but it's, it's a pretty magic thing to do. Yeah. Um, fantastic. Yeah. How did you land that job? What was the, was that something um, you kind of felt like you wanted to do or did it just happen? No, uh, it's slightly bizarre because I, I, I actually don't really read. Um, I can spell and I apparently can write, although other people can be the judge of that. Um, <laughs> I, I don't really read things and I don't really watch things. Um, I, I started out in 2007 or 2008 uh, as a car spotter in London, uh, which is a really big thing now. And there are thousands of people. And when I started, it was, uh, it was me and Alex Penfold and about three other people. Um, and that was pretty cool because my parents don't love cars. Uh, none of my friends like cars. I didn't go to car shows. I didn't go to see racing at the weekend. If I wanted to see cars, I had to go into London to see cars. And London is a wild city of every single car under the sun. If you are willing to spend every single hour of the day waiting for it to drive past you but they are there uh and it's how i sort of i guess fell in love with cars you know it's, it took a long time to see a lot of them and it's it's a little bit like top trumps you know or a, a sort of a like a pokemon thing like it's it gets a lot of stick for being uh you know a slightly odd thing to do with your time but there is no other way of seeing these cars and i've seen everything from mclaren f1s to sort of jaguar d types and then the full lineage of sort of sixties racing Ferraris in London. And actually it's really exciting to see these cars moving and going to a car show can be a little bit, well, it's like being in someone's garage or, you know, I could yeah. you know, talk for days about cars on grass is great, but you then get, you know, a full reflection of green up the side of the car. And it's also never on grass ever again, you know, seeing cars, next to things so you get an understanding of the scale of them and how they look next to things and all of these things is sort of quite a quite an exciting thing certainly when i was growing up so yeah i did that i started a an instagram page which i sort of mostly retired from now which originally started as you're not my father spelt wrong um and then i recently <laughs> changed to i am luke gilbertson because i sort of figured if if people were going to unfollow me they'd unfollow me by name rather than an account with a massive typo in the middle of it. So um, that was the that was the mindset for that. But I've always, I love photography and I, I love seeing things being, you know, in a, a little bit more context. I think it's, it's hard to appreciate what things look like unless they're next to other things. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I think there's, there is absolutely a time and a place for cars in studios and there's, you know, everything has, you know, it's, it's super personal and I'm not, you know, I don't want to, dictate anything but seeing a car like an f40 on the road in the context of either cars of the time or cars now looks like a spaceship you know it's it's everything that we love about cars it's the most exciting thing you've seen all day it's a it's a you know it doesn't matter how many you see every time you see one it's like the coolest thing you've ever seen nope. um yeah so that's i started there and i took photos for a long time and i i met a lot of great people who i you know i still uh, know very well now but I was always, you know, I met people in the street and, you know, you'd, you'd find someone in a Ferrari and my question would sort of be like, but like, but like, what else do you drive? Because you don't, no one just drives a Ferrari, you know, and 
some of them, a good friend of um, both Max and I, Neil, you know, the first time I met him was in a Ferrari and then the next time I saw him he was in an RS2 and you're like, I don't know what's going on here, but he clearly has a lot of random cars if you've gone from like a, a, new, a new Ferrari to an RS2 and then the next time is, you know, a really old Porsche and something in between. And it's it's that kind of, I wanted to meet people and talk to people and learn about what joy is, I guess, in terms of cars and, and driving and uh, ownership. And, you know, it's it's the it's the 12-year-old making a list of cars you want to buy on the internet when you're older. And there's a lot of people who just sort of do that now uh, in a really sort of chaotic manner. Uh, and, you know, I think we all like to live a little bit sort of vicariously through other people's desire yeah. to live that level of mental. Um, but... Um, I like to sort of keep things relatively stable, but I certainly like to experience these these things in, in the context of others. Yeah. Um, I didn't go to uni. I did an apprenticeship in a bank um, in user research and um, sort of customer testing, which was great and fascinating and not what I wanted to do. Um, and then a friend that I, I met in the street suggested I go and work for DK. Uh, and I was like, absolutely, if they have a job, but also... I don't really want to quit my actual job for a thing that that might not be there. Um, and I started there five years ago, six years ago, 2018, yeah. I think it was. Um, yeah. And it's great. It's wonderful. So it's uh, a really super, a match. really, really super place. And I, you know, I historically would have thought, and I suppose I probably do to a large degree think of DK as a Ferrari uh, specialist. And that's great for me because I love Ferraris, but in the, in the digital age where you get to see, what everyone has you don't need to wait for motorsport and classic and sports car to come out to look at the ads in the back you see that there's a great variety of cars that go through at dk it's absolutely fascinating including a lot of porsche a lot of porsche um there's a huge spread and i think you know a lot of that has come from how the sort of how people how people's collections have changed you know for a long time you would be the ferrari guy and you only collect ferraris uh, and then people started to own lots of different things. And when you come to buy different things, you sell other things and, and then different things come through or you sort of, you know, you, a lot of people, you know, like periods of time and then you collect the things that fit in that period of time that make sense next to each other. Um, so you might have, you know, a 75 turbo and you might have a 512 BB and, you know, you might have, mm -hmm. you have a garage that sort of is your childhood or is your adulthood or whatever. Yeah. Um, so it, you, it's really hard to to just be a specialist of one thing. It's even more difficult to be a specialist of everything because the knowledge you need to learn about just Ferraris is huge, and the knowledge you need to know about you know to have a spread of knowledge is pretty daunting at times. But um, there's always someone who knows more than you, and I'm not the, I'm never afraid to say that. So, um, but we have some cool things. We've had you know 911 GT1, uh, certainly a car I never saw growing growing up. Um, I saw them racing on TV, but never thought, thought I'd see one in person. And now you're like, oh, right. You know, it's sort of, here's one, here's one here. Um, <laughs> and then, you know, all the way backwards to three, five, six speedsters and, uh, and everything else in between. So uh, it's a pretty cool place to be. Yeah. There's a lot you going had on. that great, um, the 75 RSR. Uh, you had the Harley yes. Davidson sponsored one that you made, wow, the, yeah, made the film of. Yeah. That was I, great. I really appreciate the fact that you made that film because yeah, as you say, you want to hear a car like that because you know it sounds great and you want to hear yes. it and you want to see it moving, yeah. even on the screen. And that was that was yeah. super. What a cool car. It's, you know, it, 
we try and do as much as we can do and you know the we've had a lot of success with the user's guides and the the, the motivation for the user's guides came from uh a guy who bought a clk gtr from us uh in lockdown and didn't know if he fit in the car and was in a different country and we ultimately had to send it to him and sort of hope that it fit he fit in the car which he he did but if you've never driven one before you know it's it's a car that has a slightly strange gearbox with three pedals and paddles and um it's quite straightforward but you just wanted to explain to him how that worked and you don't really want to send someone a little mobile phone video of how to use their car so we sort of thought well we'll make it into a uh, a bit more of a an understanding of the the whole proposition and you know when you have a car with clams that you need sort of three people to remove you sort of want a little bit of guidance of not pulling it off or breaking it um but it's it's about sharing how these cars work and actually how how you know how many parts people borrowed from things that already existed and you know that it's like a sort of an early 2000s a class inside which is slightly terrifying but <laughs> you get in a I can't fit in it. If you get an 911 GT1, it's like a 964 inside or bits of 993. It's a sort of, oh, everything's exactly where you thought it would be because it's a Porsche. Um, so it's 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 trying to share that, you know, and you get a lot of people who are like, oh, when I have a CLK GT, I know how to turn it on. But it's a, I never got to see them growing up and mm. I wouldn't know where to go to see them. And I wouldn't know where to go. Really, for a lot of cars, it's quite hard to know where to go to even find the information at all. Um, you know, if you really were like, I'd like to spend the next three hours learning about X, it's still quite tricky to find that resource to learn about it. Yeah. Um, so you want to share as much as you can do. And I think, you know, that as long as we maintain that someone will watch it probably, um, and at least they'll be fascinated by it. That's the, the main reason to do it. So yeah, yeah that's so, something I also you- like that you do at DK, which I again, appreciate as a, as a magazine fan in a digital age is the little, um, the A5, uh, periodical, yes. the little sort of sales yeah, thing bit, that you do yeah. the booklet. I, I, I love that yeah. just to, just as a little reference piece. I love the fact that it has prices in it and a bit of history of some yes. of the cars. That's a great yeah. little thing. I would, I, I love the fact that you do that. Lot of work, but it's a, it's a good, it's a good team and it's a, it works well. So, um, yeah. I'm pleased that people enjoy this hope that we can continue for so so where does make green great again fit into all this then so you're a car spotter you're doing that with you're not my father which is now i am luke gilbertson which you have a gazillion followers but make green great again Um, is a whole blooming instagram sensation of its own isn't it what's that all about i've always been fascinated by um bizarrely not just green uh i think colors are super important on cars uh and i think it's it's as much, you know, a, a car is, is a huge part of your life and it's, you know, you choose how you dress and actually choosing your car and how that, how that, how you feel about your car and whether it's personal to you or whether it's just a thing that you get around in, like that is a wonderful thing. Um, I've always been fascinated by color and I reckon that probably comes through, um, through the photography side of things. Um, I think the art of color is a fascinating thing because, you know, if you ask someone their favorite color, they'll probably tell you you know, red or green or, you know, maybe a colour name if you're being sort of really, really picky. Um, for me, like, my my favourite colour is is not a necessarily a colour. It's a, it's a time in a season because 
the light changes all the time and everyone sees colour differently. So if you like a colour, it's you're the only person who's seeing it the way that you see it. So if someone doesn't like it, it's sort of irrelevant. If, as long as you like it as the owner or the person who's using it, that's what matters. Um, you know, I don't, I don't like orange and my 1M is orange, but I love <laughs> the way that it glows. <laughs> How can you not like orange? I love the way that it glows at sunset in summer. Yeah. So like yeah. a June evening at dusk, the colour glows and it feels like the warmest, you know, this is the be- I'm having the best time of my life. Uh, and so my favourite time to drive that car is just before sunset when the light is a little bit warmer and not as blue as it is at the moment. Um, and then it really pops. And, I, you know, I don't mind it being dirty the rest of the time because you never get that glow. Um, but I think when you're choosing colours of cars, you sort of, you know, you have to factor in like where you live and what the light looks like and when you like to drive the car and everything else. Like, you know, I love brown cars and gold cars, which Max sends me a lot of, uh, but it's a, it's a tricky colour to work in the UK because our, our window of warm light is quite limited. You know, if you live in South Africa and you have a brown car, it will look great every single day. Um, it's, a, it's a strange thing. I love green cars, obviously. Uh, and it's sort of just, you know, uh, if we wind back for sort of, three or four years, there were green cars. There weren't that many green cars and there were probably fewer green cars than there are today. Um, It's a colour that sort of some people think is unlucky. It's a colour that some people associate with sort of luxury and and exclusivity and rarity. And it's, it's, you know, it's a colour that England has raced in for a really long time, but no one really looks at and thinks that's sporty colour. But no one really looks at a British car and goes, oh, that's sporty or fun. You know, you think of like a DB5 and you're like, it's really cool and I want a DB4 GT, but you don't get that sort of athleticism that you get with a red or a, or a yellow or, you know, anything else in between or a French racing blue even looks more exciting than a, than a dark green. So it's, I think I always wanted to sort of just collate colours in that respect. Green seemed like a good one at the time. I mean, I, you know, if we're being sort of honest, I've got an Instagram page about, like dogs that I've seen on the street and that has like 50,000 followers on Facebook. And I have no understanding of how that happened, but I just saw like a thing at a time and that's what happened. So that's, that's mostly archived at the moment. I, my brain sort of is quite busy and I'm like, this is a good idea. I'm going to start a new thing. And then sometimes it goes places. And, you know, obviously I'm Luke Gilbertson. People have heard of some people have found like green great again. There's a lot of random things. Fortunately, that sort of just live on the side that are just like, I'd like to have it as a little bit of an outlet or I'm going to, you know, I'm going to give this a go. I sort of feel like in life, if you don't try things, you don't really, you're never really going to know. And I'd rather try things and be like, well, this is stupid. And then just not do it again. Yeah. You know, yeah. I, I, <laughs> the most recent one that I sort of started that I've done nothing with is I was just, I was lying in bed, you know, awake at night being like, wouldn't it be really cool if you had an Instagram page of teaspoons that were all exactly ordered on a page? Like all those ridiculous teaspoons that like your nan has with like flags and like countries and all of that, or just weird ones that you get in coffee shops. And they were all perfectly spaced and perfectly lit on an Instagram grid. Wouldn't that be amazing? And obviously I've made the name and taken some no teaspoons despite buying one like a millennium edition teaspoon from eBay for like four pounds. I was like, this is a great idea. Hasn't gone anywhere. So don't worry about that. But I, uh, I love that sort of, let's try it. See what that, happens. That's, su- that's superbly niche, Luke. That is, very um, niche. And I'm not surprised yes, to hear yeah. you say something like that. That's even more, uh, um, 
Yeah, I'm not surprised. It's a, it's a lot more interesting than my latest one. My latest well, one is... Um, be open and honest about who well, I am, right? It's, uh, exactly. You've got, to, you've got to put it all out there, haven't you? Put it all out there. I think it's going to do I'm better than um, Exciting Cars in Boring Colours, which is my latest one, because I was getting oh. grief. I was getting grief from Lee about liking grey cars and crayon cars and black cars. cars and, yeah. and, and then I realised that the more exciting the car, the more boring colour I liked it in. So like a, a right. crayon GT2 RS is the ultimate for me. Yeah. And Lee would say, that's so boring, that should be guards red. Um, and I just realized that it was a, it was becoming a pattern. So I thought, okay, there we go. Exciting cars in boring colors. I, you know, I think the, the wonders of the car world is there's so many ways of liking cars, right? Colors aside, yeah. you can like cars and own them and drive them, own them and never drive them, say that you own them and never look at them, you know, drive them and not care about their history, you can, there are so many different ways of it. you can use it every day. You can never use it. And all of them are magic because we're all really quite weird in our own way. And we like specific things. And, you know, I have a job at DK where I write about the history of cars and my 356 has invoices for two years and no history before that. Like not a whisper. <laughs> I came to the UK in 1973. It sat in a barn for a bit. It was restored by, I think, Paul Knight of Volks World magazine um, oh, yeah. with his dad. Um, and then it's been in a little, it's been a few places since then, but it's, there is a photo of it in 1973 with a tax disc on the windscreen on a different registration that doesn't exist now. And then there's a photo when it came out of the barn and there's nothing in the middle. <laughs> and in a way it's sort of like, it's the antithesis of my job and everything I love and everything I sort of stand for. But I'm like, well, you know, it's, it's fine. I can make some new history. Like it's it's a it's a it's a really odd one. Um, so I'd say just got to be who you want to be. I guess it's sort of has um yeah. has has make green great again ever become to feel like a burden. I assume that you get sent. I mean, not just by me. I assume you get sent a gazillion cars every day that people expect you to post oh, yeah. on on the page for you and oh. say, "Damn it, Luke, why haven't, why haven't you done that?" No, it's not a burden. I've met a lot of really wonderful people through it. Um, and for some reason, a lot of people ask me for my opinion on what color they should paint their car, which is very, very kind. And I know a bit about color, but I'm not, I'm not the, the Oracle by any means. I can, I can probably name a Porsche color if you share it to me, but I shouldn't be, you know, left with the responsibility of choosing people's car colors. Um, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a place that you can meet, a lot of a lot of fabulous people and i think instagram is one of those i think there's so many people in so many different parts of the world who are sort of like oh my god i didn't know that people also liked teaspoons you know yeah. instagram <laughs> is the only place that you're going to find these people and i've got you know a wonderful friend who lives in a ski resort in northern italy who probably doesn't know many people who love porsches but he has a book on every single type of 356 and if i send him a message about pointy window, pointy sunroofs on early 356s, I'll get a picture back of a book with all the information I need. And I met him on Instagram. And that's, you know, it, I can't possibly ever see the burden side of Instagram because, you know, Instagram has its plenty of flaws, but it, it's, it, it's a massive connector of people if you're prepared to put yourself out there and be like, I like this or I, or I think this is horrible. You know, someone will agree with you or disagree with you and you can start a conversation. I think if you just put things out there and go, you know, everyone thinks it's wonderful, then 
we all just sort of bumble around and and that's it i think you sort of have to put your opinion out there a little bit but there's there's so many yeah. wonderful cars out there there's so many wonderful stories and people you know and i think you sort of life is about finding really cool people and just either connecting them or just doing cool stuff with them as a result of meeting them yeah um, that's good so, i'm really pleased yeah. relieved stroke pleased to hear you say that because i you know, Instagram has changed my life as a car enthusiast. There's no doubt mm. about it. I didn't have car Agreed. friends. My, my dad is super into cars, but I didn't have car friends. So um, yeah. when I was growing up, Instagram has undoubtedly transformed that. So I'm pleased that it's still just a facilitator for positivity. And it hasn't, hasn't come too much. And it does bring me on to my next question, which is the you're not paying um, thing. When uh, you come to... Yes. You know, so you sort of mentioned there that people have asked you to help. And I know that you have helped people not just choose the color of the car, but, you know, PTS allocations and Sonderwunsch stuff and, you know, some quite hef hefty responsibility. Um, uh, and how does that come about? How many of those have you done? Uh, I've, I've helped a few people. I don't know why people trust me with my opinion, basically. Um, I... I I think it's really important when you're choosing a car that it either reflects you as an individual um, or it at least takes into consideration the history of the car or the brand. Like it, it doesn't have, you know, you can do what you like and there's, there's no right and there's no wrong really. Uh, and there are a lot of cars out there in the world that, you know, there's an Instagram for really badly spec cars now or worse spec or whatever, but it's, everything has been done for an individual. And I think the only person who's really going to enjoy it is the, is the person who owns it. And, Arguably, if you get it that badly wrong that everyone hates it, you've done a really good job of making it you. Um, <laughs> so it's it, it does go both ways, and I think you know it's 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 like a tailored suit, right? If you if you get it right, you can wear anything you like. If you get a suit that fits you perfectly, it can be polka dot, it can be bright pink, it can be whatever you like. That suit will never fit anyone else, and the better it fits you, and the better it re reflects who you are, <laughs> the worse it's going to fit everyone else. Yeah. But if it makes you feel like you're the king of the world when you walk into the room, that's what matters. Um, the stuff that I've done, there's a quite a famous 991 Speedster that is Brewster Green with Brewster Green wheels um, and Noto Green leather, everything inside. A slight uh, negativity towards carbon means it's full painted trim inside. Uh, the Speedster had green dials, so that tied in nicely. Uh, painted wheels, but with the silver lip around the outside mm -hmm. because I yeah. was always like a bit of a... When you when they did uh, the G body speedster with all the works turbo look cars, they always had the sort of the chrome barrels and the black wheels. So you, I wanted to bring that in a little bit, and I've always liked it when you see like a nine nine three RS with coloured centres or a GT two with color, like I, I wanted to tie that in. And it was the it was the only thing on that car that I was like, no, you absolutely have to have a silver lip around the outside of the wheel. You know, the wheel yeah. doesn't suit colour, and everything else is like it would be wonderful if we do this. And I have very little you know, to do with this. It was a little bit of looking at colors and, and working out works well, what works well. Piping was in the, the car has piping, which was a thing that you could do in a G series, which is really cool. And, and certainly a 918 as well. It's a, it's a little thing. Um, I persuaded a friend in the South of France to paint his 997 GT2 in dark green. Um, and we went, he asked me specifically for a shade of dark green that was closest to black. Um, which is a, as you do. So we painted that car um, Verde Zeltweg, uh, which is a Ferrari color, dark metallic green Ferrari color, which mostly looks black. 
but a little bit of green if you shine a light on it. And he went to the trouble of of doing the painted wheel centers on the car in green as well. And that was, that was super cool. Um, there's a sort of lots of little random ones in lots of weird little places. Um, my good friend Merlin at the Duke of London now has a Nocciola Testarossa because I thought it would be a good idea at the time. Um, <laughs> it's a, I think it's just about sharing what's really special to you and how you want to enjoy it. You know, it's, it's, there's no, po- you know, everyone could be annoyed or, or whatever and be like, you're ruining this or whatever. But if you drive the car and you love the car and it reflects who you are, you've done it right. Um, so yes, I mean, I didn't, I'm not sure everyone was quite expected, expecting how many Instagram accounts I do have, but I terribly <laughs> forgetful as I went with the start for both names and faces <laughs> and everything I do on a daily basis. So I take a million pictures and I've put them in an Instagram and then I know where they are. Um, <laughs> and, um, and you are coming out from behind the lens, aren't you? Cause you've got, there's a make green great again, uh, meet yes. coming up, isn't there? Uh, Tell us about that. Uh, on St. Patrick's day at the bowl Brilliant. with caffeine and machine. Um, I'm doing a make green great again thing and hopefully it'll be exciting and hopefully some people will turn up. Uh, and even if you haven't got a green car, it's totally fine to come along. Um, you know, it's, a. have I've wanted to do it for a long time. I've had a lot of help from some friends, um, Oxford green metallic M5, Alessandro, mm-hmm. my brain is scattered at the moment. Um, and his friend, John, who also has an Oxford green metallic M5, um, uh, for, giving me a really big kick to actually do it because I like to go like super scatterbrain and not get anything done. Uh, Phil at Caffeine and Machine, I've known for like 15 years. Um, uh, and he's always been a super supporter and a massive fan of mine. And I can only you know thank him for that. He, when he was based in the Middle East, he gave me my first uh, paid photography work with Crank and Piston. And I've sort of known him since then. Uh, and then he was like, I would love to do a thing. And now I'm sort of like, well, I obviously should just do a thing because it would be really cool. I like people and I like, you know, I just don't like panicking about planning, but everything else is <laughs> I enjoy. So I'm, it's coming together um, and I hope it'll be great. And I, you know, I think we should have a mix of some great Porsches and some great BMWs and my slightly blue 356. Um, and hopefully just people will come along and have a nice time. So um, Brilliant. that is on St. Patrick's Day at the Bowl. So that's the 17th of March, isn't it? St. Patrick's Day, Sunday the 17th of March. Caffeine and Machine the Bowl. Yeah, you can get a ticket on the internet. I'm sure people know how to do that. Excellent. Well, that's fun. I'm looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to that. And just finally, just to touch on it, or maybe just to brush over, you've got this new fun, creative, passion project thing. Um, Weirdos and Optimists. I've got my stickers. Ah. Uh, didn't yes. realize that was yours uh, as well as neil yes so i've i've it's something i've been you know i've, I've been fortunate to be in, involved in um with a couple of friends um and it's uh, i think it's we, we all sort of spend a lot of time around cars and it's it's the exciting stories that you'd love to read that you, you just can't read anywhere else um it's a it's a side project so it's uh, a little bit slow. It's also currently not on Google, so you have to weirdosoptimist.com into your URL, which is a, I'm working on that. I'm not particularly technical, as we've worked out from my inability to use the internet. Um, <laughs> but uh, it's. Uh, I thought that was part of the angle, Luke. I thought you were trying to make it difficult, no, and that was part uh, of the thing. Um, it's a. I just want to sort of, you know, I, I, the name is quite a curious one because it's sort of 
when I was at school and had no friends who liked cars, I was definitely the weird kid who liked cars. Um, and I spent a long time at school being like really worried about being the weird kid and having no friends and, you know, not really understanding that. And then very fortunately got to a point in my life where I was sort of like, I actually really don't care about anyone else and what they think about me in a negative manner, obviously. Um, I would like to just do the things that I'd like to do and talk to the people I'd like to talk to and spend time looking at cars a lot of the time. Um, and I just, I wanted, you know, in any way that I can to sort of really support that kind of everyone sees things differently and loves things differently and enjoys things differently and does things differently. And if we all did things the same, it would be really boring. Um, so it's sort of, it's a, the, the stuff that I've, I've, I've put some, you know, done some words with is sort of we recently put a uh kindly you know dk's uh 356 gwen so an austrian built uh 356 very early car um one that i'd extensively sort of done quite a lot of research with for for dk and found all of its early owners from the 1950s and the 1960s in in sweden um and then uh the remarkable thing about when you see a gmund if you see one in person and it in a way that sort of is different from that of a pre-A or an A is it looks like a spaceship. You know, it is, mm. you know, mm. the wheels are even more inboard than you can think. All the angles are just a little bit sharp and a little bit weirder and a little bit more sort of beetle and a little bit more built in like an Austrian ski town sort of vibe of like slightly chaotic and a little bit harsher. Um, but if you see it on the road, you know, it's like a car that's sort of bicycle powered, like nothing makes sense into how it works, into how it looks. It looks like a spaceship. Uh, and with the, with the help of some friends, we you know, and, and the generosity of Porsche GB, um, borrowed the 992 RS because I think if you were anyone in 1949, a 356 would look like a spaceship, and if you're anyone today, a 992 GT3 RS <laughs> looks like it's just landed. Yeah, like yeah. it is. It they both have that same. What is going on here about them? Um, and I think to put them next to each other and actually to see the lineage from 1949 to like 2024 and actually you can see the similarities between the cars and, you know, you can, <clears throat> obviously it's very easy to go, they're completely different, but I think there's, you know, they, when you built the Grund in, in, in 49 and 50, you were importing aluminium sort of rather secretly from Switzerland because it was a little bit illegal. Um, but you were doing it because you wanted to make the car light because you only had a little engine that you borrowed from a Beetle. So you, you were making do with 30 horsepower, so your car had to be light. Uh, and you haven't got the the technical advantages of you know power steering. So if your engine's in the back and you've got no weight over the nose, then you don't need power steering. So it's sort of it, in 1949, it was advanced engineering but, you know, because you needed to. And I think 992RS is like the fastest thing in the world because it's engineering because we can. But the mindset is still, let's make it light and let's make it, you know, magical and fast and a bit like a spaceship. And you see them next to each other and you're like, they're sort of, you can tell they're the same. You can tell that there's the same vision behind the start and, you know, where we're at today. Hmm. And a car that gets a lot of stick for being a constant evolution of itself or whatever. And one has, you know, uh, you know, there's probably more horsepower in the, in the 992 G3 RS powering the air conditioning than there is in the, you know, in the, in the common <laughs> driving car. Um, but it's, you see them side by side and you're like, you, I get it. You know, there's a, there's a family link there and it's, it, that's a cool thing. And it's a, it's a story that you'd be hard pressed to, to put together 
as a magazine because why why would you do that like what's wrong with you um and it's a hard thing to put together as as anything else because it's where do you get a gmund um and where do you get a gt3 rs and i think that, that you know the reason that came together is because you know i i i love sharing old cars but unless you share old cars no one's going to love old cars in the future and if you have to do a little bit of creative trickery with putting new things to help you know contextualize old things you know that's a that's a great way of doing it. Um, so yeah. it, I'd just like to do cool stories, really. Um, and it's a it's a creative outlet outside of what I'm doing at work, and it's a little bit different. And it's a see where we get to, and and hopefully have some fun along the way, and um, yeah. share some really cool stories and some really cool people as well. That's uh, people make yeah. cars and everything else. Absolutely. So. Absolutely. Well, yeah. I think it's. Great I think project. it's. I think it's. I think it's brilliant. It's a great project. Yeah. It's there's, there's seeing how it develops. Definitely. There's. There's. There's nothing better on Instagram and things. Uh, you know, anything better than seeing something that's in your own head and you're thinking, I wonder what that looks like, and searching for it and finding that it's already there is is seeing something that you haven't thought of and think, Wow, yeah. I hadn't thought of that. And that's the sort of stuff that that you know that you guys are putting through in Weirdos and Optimists. So I appreciate that immensely. I think Great. if it's possible to help to, you know, show people, show everyone else that it's possible to enjoy cars in so many ways, you know, and to, to just share that, you know, there's so many key moments in history where everyone would be like, I wish I was a fly on the wall in that, like in that meeting or, you know, in the, in the McLaren F1 road car project came about in Milan's Lenati airport after a not so great season in Formula One. They were like, let's make the ultimate road car. And there's, you know, you've got Ron Dennis there and you're having a big, you know, this is the, this is the future. Everyone would pay, you know, the end of the world to, to be in that room to hear what's going on. And there's so many, I just want to, you want to share those things, those things that are really hard to write about and are really hard to put together and are really hard to read. And, you know, I just, I'd like to be a little bit more, sharing because if we get to the point you know we're at the end of our life and be like oh did this really cool thing once but i told no one about it so i'm like oh right yeah that was great well done yeah there um, are stories that need to be told aren't they they need to be shared i know lee you know he's not with us this evening he believes that very strongly uh you know he and andy they've been chatting with brian redman uh today yeah. and that's part of that belief that you know we need to record conversations with these people because you know, we aren't yeah. all around forever. And uh, as you were talking about the F1 on in front of me on my desk, I have some drawings that uh, Peter Stevens did uh, during the yes. the F1 project. And um, and there are some little, you know, it was for a presentation to the McLaren board about airflow in the F1. But there are some little details in there, some little jokes, some little Peter Stevens jokes that I didn't yeah. even notice when I bought it. But when I met up with Peter so he could sign it for me, he said, oh, yeah, look at that, look at that, that's funny. And it's funny stuff. And we are going to get Peter on because Peter's got, he's a great storyteller and there are lots of great storytellers. And these things need to be talked about, recorded and written about. I think it's it's important to note that there are a vast number of publications that I don't do a great job of reading because I don't actually really read things but I definitely buy because I firmly believe in supporting them and to, you know, in having them. And I've got all the road rats and all the triple zeros and all of these that I absolutely love in every respect. I love the, if I want to learn about, you know, badges, I can go to triple zero and it's a reference guide. I love that. 
I love the layout. I love the, how photography sits on the page. I love the, the fact that people are putting the time into these things. And the reason I sort of am keen to be a part of, you know, Weirdos Not To Miss is because I felt I was missing out on doing cool shit. That's it, basically. <laughs> uh, you know, everyone wants to speak to everyone and I love reading it or I love, you know, I listen to podcasts, I listen to all of that, but I just wanted to do a little bit more of like, I wonder how I get in that room and I wonder how I can share that story in my own way. Um, and it comes back to like an Instagram about teaspoons. It's a, if I don't try it now, then when am I going to do it? So yeah. Um, I think it's best it works out. Brilliant, fantastic. Yeah, fantastic. I think it's been an enlightening conversation and a, a very inspirational. I must say. Yeah. Thanks ever so much, Luke, for coming on. I do appreciate it. No, no sorry for my technical difficulties. Okay. internet. we got through it. We got through it. But uh, but yeah, super. Thanks ever so much for coming on, and um, no yeah, I look forward to seeing you, you um, at the event on St Patrick's Day. Looking forward to yeah, that. I'll try and make that. And uh, yeah. See you soon. Thanks very much. Fabulous. Enjoy. Great story. Great story. Great story. Great. Is is that that the best, first, worst, best and next selection that we've ever had? That was outrageous, especially the first one. Yeah. I think a double stack Merc. Yeah. I mean, I think it probably is. I mean, yours was perhaps one of, if not the most entertaining that we've had. (laughs) But I think in terms of the of the featured cars, I'm not sure we've had better than the Nukes. No. Yeah. I was... mean, starting off with a stack headlight Merc. SEL. Yeah. 300 yeah. SEL saloon. I mean, what a... I'd, I'd like one of those now, let alone for my first yeah, car. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so, yeah. That's then the pretty... A8. Then the... Yeah, or the S8. 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 Oh, is it S8? I yeah. mean, I mean, what a machine. What a machine. Yeah. And then the other stuff, and now of course that beautiful three three five six that you've bought, which I can't wait to um, oh, can't wait to go for a ride in that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that color, yeah. such a lovely color. Yeah, that's oh. right up your strasser, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Did he say what interior color it had? I didn't catch that actually. Um, no, we talked about the seats, didn't we? Because he said yeah. the speeds of seats, but in my recollection, without looking quickly, is that it's a it, that it's a light. A light sort of beigey tan carpeted okay. car that's certainly nice. light yeah uh so um yeah really beautiful Lovely. car so yeah i'm looking mm. forward to seeing that and i'm going to try and get along to his um uh make green great again do at caffeine machine the bowl on st patrick's day yeah was that 17th, 17th? saturday 17th, the 17th? Sunday, the, sunday the 17th sunday the 17th okay yeah so i got to yeah i might see that, if so. i can make that as well i think that'd be great get along yeah yeah absolutely nice cool nice good good um have you got like a? Should we? Well, I think you should keep it green. Uh, uh, for gem, gem, gem of the of week. week. Did you go green? Of the week. Well, I mean, you have to, really, don't you? Yeah, I got it to. On, got keeping to. it on trend. So, um, you know, one of the things that you can search by, you know, one of the great things about the marketplace is you can search by all sorts of things that you can't on other uh, search engines, like uh, wide body or narrow body, water cooled, air cooled. But of course, you can search by colour as well. So I searched by green. And the thing that jumped out at me, um, although, and I've said this before, lizard green isn't my favourite of the greens. Yeah. Um, RPM have got a 991.2, of course, because it's lizard, 991.2 GT3 RS. Um, and the thing that I like about this is that it's a non-Visac pack car, which means it doesn't have all the bare carbon. So it's so it's got a painted bonnet, particularly with the with the black ducts. Ah uh, yes, and nice. I really like that look. Yeah. So um so yeah, this is really working for me. It's 175 grand. 
It's only done less than 14,000 miles. Looks like a looks like a pretty pretty cool machine. Doesn't have a cage in it, which is you know depending on which way you look at it is yeah. is, is good or bad. Probably makes it more useful as a road car. 918 buckets and all that sort of thing. But yeah, cool cool car. Nice. Cool is car. that the same car as what Geese has just bought? In uh, effect, Geese has bought a 991.1. Ah, uh, point one. GT3 What's the difference? Much difference between the two? Um, bit of difference in the motor. Um, yeah. and, uh, the front and rear looks a bit different. The, okay. the, the front I think is prettier on the first gen. It's yeah. a bit more, more aggressive on the second gen and the tail lights on the second gen have that sort of McCann style, bit more texture isn't the right word to them. But I know what more, you mean. Yeah. More yeah, 3D. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Wonderful so, looking um, car. Um, yeah. there's a great story on the nine works website this week, all about, um, Gies's story. Yes. Um, yeah. which is fantastic. Some great one-liners in there. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah kind of, that's how the purchase of the new car was revealed, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, that's yeah. a great piece as you'd expect from, from Guy. And yeah, I mean, on there and read it. Yeah. I'm, I mean, he's that, that, you know, the Rothman's car of his is a hard one for him to move on from. Isn't yeah. it? But I think he's, I think he's hit the jackpot. Yeah, with this with this car that he's bought, um, Voodoo Blue, Voodoo Blue PTS Voodoo Blue nine nine one point one GT three RS, um, car nice. that I recognised actually, um, and yeah, it's cool. It's definitely a better guy. Yeah. Can't wait to see him in it. <laughs> Brilliant. Yeah, I think I'll see him well. Yeah, I think uh, he chopped yeah. in both the both his Rothmans and the Targets. Yeah, he's, yeah, he's yeah. gone down to one car. Yeah. So whilst everyone's buying G, G's selling G. Yeah, indeed. Yeah. He's always done. Want to, never want to follow the crowd. No. Doing indeed. his own thing, and I like that. I've always liked that bad guy. Yeah, and he's a top guy. Yeah. Good. Um, right. Gem of the week's done. Shall we spread the love? What yeah, have you got, Matt? the love. I have got, and I thought about this because I've been wearing it quite a lot as we've been through a typical UK winter. When we were at Rensport reunion um, uh, last September, yeah, uh, George, Doctor George, mm-hmm. um, he introduced me to his friend Eric, um, and Eric runs oh, an guy, Instagram Eric. page and a brand, a clothing brand called Last Era. Yes. So it's on Instagram as Last Era brand. And George had very, very kindly bought me a sweatshirt from Eric because he did this range. You know, he does yeah. these limited runs of things, and he'd done a Group C one, and George. Um, George very kindly saw that and he bought me one and it was a surprise. He introduced me to Eric at Laguna, gave me the sweatshirt and I've been wearing it all winter and I was wearing it the other day and I thought, God, I really do like this. (laughs) I thought you were going to say it's getting a bit crispy. No, 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 (laughs) it's going great guns. And it just, it just made, well, first of all, it made me just message George just to thank him yet again. And then I thought, actually, there's some spread the love right there. Nice. Um, and also it's quite pertinent because at the same time, um, at Laguna, George in, in, introduced me to his friend, Chad, um, who is on Instagram. He takes snaps. He takes I some great photos. Apex, Apex underscore dream cars. That's it, yeah. Chad Randall. He's a really, really nice guy as well. Yeah, so I hang proper out with geezer. The, with the three of them a bit. Um, and Chad's daughter, um, he is fundraising for his daughter because she is going through a really, really difficult time. 
with uh, bone cancer, I think a particularly rare kind of bone cancer. So he's been doing some fundraising and, you know, um, really trying to uh, support her as best he can. And he's done a collaboration with Eric at Last Era, and they've done these T-shirts. They've just done their second run of, of collab T-shirts to raise funds. Yeah. So uh, whether there are still any, still any available for the second run or not, I don't know. I've, I've, I pre-ordered one. I missed the first run. Uh, I've got one for the second run. And it looks really cool. I'm very excited about it and delighted to to support um, support the cause. I'll check that support, out. Support the cause. Support Chad and his daughter, and also spread a little love for our last era brand as well. Lovely, lovely. Um, I'm going to spread the love to a podcast which is called Road to Success. Uh, you can get it both on YouTube and uh, in the normal podcast waves. Um, Benedict Fowler is the guy that uh, runs it. Um, and he's had some really good guests. He's got a really great uh, interviewing technique to kind of yeah. gets gets the best out of people, uh, almost sort of going behind the scenes a little bit. He's really good at um, doing a, a great interview that depth you know, gets into the deep parts of of this yeah. person. Yeah, um, he's had yeah. some great guests on. Uh, one of the ones that comes to mind is Johnny Smith, just a couple of weeks ago. Um. That looks really interesting, the Johnny Smith one. I saw that. That I'm, I, I'm, I'm aware of this. I've, I watched some of them, and I, I know what you mean about his style. He asks yeah. some great questions, and he it, does. It's some very interesting information from people. I, I watched one that he did some months ago now with James Exton, so Tom's brother, Tom's twin oh, brother, yes. TGE's brother, um, and that was really interesting. Um, and I did see that he'd done one with Johnny Smith the other day, yeah. and I've got that on my list to to have listened to. Yeah, that's a great choice. Yeah, a couple of other notable ones are Guy Martin. Oh, yeah. Yeah, love Guy. Um, Matt Armstrong. Yeah, that'd be interesting. Yeah, that was good. Uh, oh, Mike Brewer's on there as well. Ah, yeah. Friend of the show, oh, Mike Brewer. Mike, indeed. And Misha, who does all of the ring ah, yes, uh, driving. Yes, yeah. So, yeah, some really interesting guys on there. Yeah, yeah, very good. No, that's a yeah. great shout. That's a great shout. Good. Excellent. Okay. Excellent. Uh, one last little admin thing to do is a collective update. Uh, yes. We have a new member that is Mark Anderson, who's in South Lanarkshire in Scotland, way up north. Uh, been a reader for Total 911 for ages and listened to the podcast for a good few years. Um, now, I, it's funny, I was speaking to him on. Um, Somehow I was speaking to him on Instagram. Yeah. I don't know how or how we started talking, but um, it must have been the conversation about, oh, I know what it was. So it was the 993 lightweight at uh, oh, RPM. RPM. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He said he, he sent me a message on Instagram saying that he was giggling about, you know, listening to what I was going to do to it because he had just that morning put a deposit down on it. Ah, right, of course, because you talked about it a lot when we did the generation game. I did, yeah. And yeah. Uh, you said that there are some tweaks that you'd like to make. I remember. Yeah. I remember yeah. it well. Yeah, so Mark has just uh, yeah put the deposit down on that. He actually drove down that day, I think, to test drive it. He's got a few little things that he wants done to it that RPM are going to take uh, care of for him. Uh, he also drives a 981 Boxster S, and he's got a Taycan Turbo Cross Turismo as, a, as his daily. And I from what I can remember, when he was introduced on uh, WhatsApp, there was a, a good old history of yeah. Porsche, Porsches in his repertoire. Loads of cars. Yeah, oh, loads of good stuff. 
I'm, I'm going to say like a dozen Porsches. Maybe it wasn't that many, but it's a lot of Porsches. Yeah, yeah. Is it a 981 Boxster that he's got, or is it a 986 Boxster that he's got? 986, sorry. It's a 986, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Boxster. Yeah. yeah. No, he's been... 2002. Um, I mean, I'm delighted to have Mark on board. He's He's come aboard with a bang with a great and interesting car history and there's been some great chats about it with him and and yeah so yeah. exciting that he's buying that 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 993 that that we've all been waxing lyrical about um, yeah. on the on the collective whatsapp group I, it's great to have it in the group i can't wait to to, to, you know, hear, to hear how he gets on it. with it maybe yeah. get uh, maybe get a ride in it if i can sit if i can squeeze into those seats i'm not sure i'm going to be able to <laughs> i might have to take the seat out like high tower in um <laughs> Police in the back <laughs> just sit on the floor <laughs> brilliant uh, yeah, yeah cool. so welcome mark good to have you aboard uh works bus driver uh, brilliant. So yeah take, take advantage of the magazine subscription next up we've got a couple of upgrades uh simon brown who's gone from privateer to works thank you simon amazing thank you simon and joe picava who has changed from works to works plus excellent taking advantage of the mag um, Joe, obviously, our famous farmer from yes Norfolk, I think, if I remember. Uh, Norfolk Suffolk border, I think. Yes, yeah, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. with his lovely um, GT3 and his yeah dad. Miami blue, I think. Yeah, and his dad yeah. has a really nice, I think nine nine seven. If I remember yeah. correctly as well. Yeah, met met those guys at Donington. Yeah, yeah, good. brilliant. That's great. Yeah, so nice, nice couple of upgrades. Thank you very much. Yeah, good. Super. Uh, well, this episode has been 100 and, no, been 99, number 99 of 99, okay. Of Nine Works Radio. We had uh, 64 episodes of Red, Road to Redline before. Uh, but yeah, this would be number 99. So next week is 100 wow. Nine Works episodes. Uh, we've got a special guest on next week. That's uh, we've got Brian Redman exciting. coming That's on. That's very exciting, isn't it? Yeah. Very, cool. very exciting legend absolute legend indeed yeah you know, if there's a word you know a lot of words get overused and bandied about these days don't they but unnecessarily yeah. but uh, with brian legend is definitely the word yeah so yeah looking forward to 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 celebrating 100 episodes yeah absolutely fantastic excellent good stuff right look forward to see you all next week see you then this episode was brought to you by our very kind Driven Not Hidden Collective. If you would like to join the collective to get further access and rewards within the Nineworks community, you can do so at patreon.com forward slash Nineworks. You can also support us by leaving a five-star review on your favorite podcast app.